Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for another episode of the Blitz Podcast, and this week's a special episode, not because of anything for the Blitz Podcast, but because this week we have real, live, actual, regular season football games, and I know I'm stoked Yay! for it, and I know Harley's stoked for it. How's it going, Harley? You, you know, uh, we wait and wait all off season for this. This is this is kind of. Like graduation day and wedding day and like Christmas, the birth of your first child and Christmas all rolled into one. We live for this day. We live for this week, and we're less than seventy-two hours uh, away from when the first snap will happen in this twenty seventeen football season. Yep, and hey, you know what? We're also that means we're done with the preseason. We worked our kinks out, too. I know that there was a few guys that were actually having problems with the podcast on iTunes um, with the Apple app for podcasts, and we've got that worked out now. So we're not showing that our podcasts are being recorded back in 2000 and stuff like that, and they're actually uploading. So that's a good thing. So now we hopefully have more than two listeners. Well, I hope so, too. Well, that's me and you. So, I mean, it'd be hard not to, but you, you never know. Can we count my cat? Only if you... Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Yes, we can count your cat. All right. Well, listen, as always, you know, we've got to start the show off with our BPN news. So I'm going to throw it over to my man, Harley Schultz, for this week's BPN news. Thank you, Steve. Le'Veon Bell signed his franchise tender today, assuring the Steelers faithful that he would indeed be lined up in the backfield for Pittsburgh this coming weekend. Bell chose to hold out during the preseason, but there was never any real doubt as to his intentions to sign. Personally, I am mildly surprised that he didn't hold out for one more week, since the Steelers' game against the Browns on Sunday should be about as compelling as most of the preseason games. (laughs) Ezekiel Elliott filed court documents last weekend seeking to vacate his suspension. This was mildly surprising, because he was still in the middle of his appeal when he submitted the paperwork. As of this afternoon, there have been no rulings on Elliot's original appeal, but in all likelihood, this matter will end up in the legal system anyways. If the matter does end up going to court, expect Elliot to be in uniform and playing this weekend. This should bring a smile to all of the fantasy owners who took a chance and drafted Elliot in the second or third rounds of their drafts. We asked Roger Goodell about this likely turn of events, and he mumbled under his breath in response, 
curses filed again. <laughs> Following the cancellation of the final preseason game between Houston and Dallas, there was minor concern that the flooding in Houston from Hurricane Harvey could cause an issue with their home opener versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. It now appears that the game will be played at NRG Stadium without issue. In addition, there are currently fears that the Week 1 game between Tampa and Miami may be affected by Hurricane Irma. In related news, fans of the Buffalo Bills have started to pray for a hurricane to strike upstate New York so that weather will force the cancellation of their upcoming, upcoming game against the equally putrid New York Jets. <laughs> Brock Osweiler took a long and lurid route to get there, but he once again finds himself as the number two quarterback in Denver. Considering that Paxton Lynch is likely to be placed on the PUP list, Denver needs to fill out its ranks behind incumbent starter Trevor Simeon. Of course, none of these three is even slightly worth the cost of the lettering on their jerseys, so you as fantasy players can probably just ignore them. In addition, at this time, we can neither confirm nor deny if the Broncos' front office has been in contact with Peyton Manning or Tim Tebow. <laughs> and finally, former Vikings running back Adrian Peterson went on record this past weekend that he wanted to stick it to his former team. Of course, we all know Peterson's history with sticks, so hopefully the current Vikings hide their women and children. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. Man, that's a burn right there. I was like, I don't know where you're going with this, but as soon as you said stick it, I was thinking switch, and yeah, you went there. Jesus. Um, good job, man. Listen, Thank you. we didn't give anybody any idea what we're going to talk about this week, um, so we're just going to go right at it. You know what? The main thing we're going to do is DFS, because that's now, I mean, hey, there's the generous that play preseason DFS, but we've got regular season DFS that we're going to do, right? Well, you know, you know, even the degenerates among us who did play preseason DFS we kind of got our fix a little bit. Uh, you know, it's kind of like when you go out there and you get that first taste of something for the season, and then you really you, you feel like getting into your bloodstream and you feel the need to, to pick up that addiction and, and just run with it. Well, you know what? It's, it's time for regular season DFS, and ultimately that's where you can make some money, and that's why we're here to help you make some money. Well, look, before we jump into DFS, because that's going to be the main portion of the show this week, I think that we owe it to our listeners to give them a PSA. And we like to be proactive, right? We always like to tell people who to pick up the week before they go off rather than the week after they go off. But yes. I want to make a PSA and say, this week, set your lineups. Don't overthink it. And if your studs or your semi-studs crap the bed, do not overreact. It will not be the end of the world. Yeah, you know, we're going to name some players during DFS that, we should, that you should stay away from from a daily standpoint. And you may even want to think about benching some of these studs based on their matchups uh, in this first week. But again, just because so-and-so has a bad first week, if you drafted them in your top six rounds of your draft, or if, if you spent more than 10% of your auction budget on a player, odds are there's a reason you did that. Yep. Don't let one bad performance cause you to freak out to the point where you drop that person. And then don't go hunting for Frisman Jackson, spending your entire, 
your entire free agent budget on the hot guy that blew up in week one that will not score 80% of what his week one score was the rest of the season. And if you don't know who Frischman Frischman Jackson is, just Google it and and you'll know. I actually wrote an article on him. You might be able to find that on the web. I'm not sure if it was at the huddle or not, but you'll see. Well, for people that uh, weren't playing six, seven years ago when Frischman Jackson was out there, uh, perhaps a name that some of them might have more uh, familiarity with from recent years, Eddie Royal. Uh, Eddie Royal will always have one one game each season, usually in the first couple weeks, where he scores two or three touchdowns. Yes, he. I, then I, he does nothing the rest I, of the year. I, I did a I did some research on him. I think it was last year, or the year before. I can't remember what. I dubbed him Mister September. Go look at the number of TDs that he has scored in his career, and look at what the percentage of them are in September. Now, interesting, you mentioned that because. One player I always get uh, after about that same issue is someone that a lot of the fantasy pundits are really high on this year based on where he is currently playing, and that's Martellus Bennett. I'm actually one of those guys that's high on Mr. Bennett this year. But he also seems to fall in that same boat where uh, I don't know if it's conditioning or what, but he always has a couple, three good games, almost always in the month of September, maybe uh, early October, and then he tends to... Uh, vanish from the face of the earth. Speaking of Mr. Bennett, also let's tell our listeners, just like in weeks past, we don't discuss what we're going to talk about. We think that makes for a better show. So none of this is scripted. Um, So I didn't know Harley was going to bring up Martellus Bennett, but now I'm going to ask you about Martellus Bennett. Did you see his tweet from earlier this week? I did not. What do you have to say? He basically dissed the fantasy community, saying something about, I don't care about your fantasy team signed real football player or something along those lines. And a bunch of analysts, um, Matthew Berry, some other, I mean, serious, like real analysts, kind of went at him and said, you know, you should be a little more, I'm paraphrasing, you should be more grateful. Fantasy's done a lot for the money that a lot of players make, blah, 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 stuff like that. But yeah, he went toe-to-toe with um, with the fans, basically saying, nah, screw you. Um, and somebody, I, I, again, I don't have the best memory, but somebody said something about Jason Witten, and then it made me decide to... Um, you know, send a little sarcastic tweet to him, and I said, "Let me guess, missed draft. Somebody sniped you drafting you in your draft, so you wound up with Jason Witten as your starting tight end." Hashtag salty. Well, you know what? Maybe we should uh, schedule Martellus Bennett to be a guest on our show, okay. and we can also schedule that same day Maurice Jones Drew, yes, a guy who is really well known for being a huge proponent of the fantasy industry and very much for drafting himself as well. Yes. You know what? Maybe we'll try and make that happen in the offseason because there's no way we're getting them during the season. Maybe. We'll see. Anyway, that's our PSA. Don't overreact to week one. Just don't do it. And next week we'll have some advice for you on who to target, who not to target, stuff like that. But right now it is time for DFS. Well, as usual, uh, for the DFS segment this season, we're going to be mainly focusing on the two major sites, and that is FanDuel, and DraftKings. Uh, at this time, I would like to uh, send out a little PSA to some of my associates uh, here in the Twin Cities uh, who have come together to reopen a new DFS site. It's called Fanball.com. Now, many of you might be familiar with Fanball. Uh, historically speaking-wise, uh, originally founded by, among other people, uh, Paul Charchian, uh, known throughout the industry as one of the godfathers of fantasy sports. Uh, and uh, his site... Uh, goes up and operational with week one here as well. Uh, It's a much smaller site. uh, And unlike the major sites where you can go in there and enter a contest 
up to 200 times. Uh, the big thing that they're pushing is, is keeping contests smaller, which, which ultimately will keep pots smaller, but it will also keep competition level smaller. So none of their contests are ever going to allow you to have more than 10 entries into one. Increase your odds a little bit. Exactly. And also, again, it, it kind of wards off some of the sharks. In addition, uh, one of the things that they're featuring is something called a fanball number. That number is a computer-generated algorithmic number that's basically going to be assigned to each and every player. So instead of having your name on the screen as player so-and-so or whatever your user ID is, you have that fanball number, and that number is what you'll be identified with. So sharks can't go in there and, and look for someone based on their name, which, okay. again, is going to level the playing field because you don't know who you're playing against. That number in and of itself will change occasionally too it's actually a graded number so based on the number and type of contest that you play and the dollar amounts and levels that you play at it'll either cause your rating number to go up or down so again you'll be playing against people with similar ratings to where you're at and i, I really like that again it's kind of a shout out to those guys uh several of whom i'm friends with here in the twin cities area but it's fanball.com you can go there get your number give them a try see what you think Again, they're, this is their first year offering Daily Fantasy, so uh, we won't be covering them a lot during our season, but I did want to get that little shout-out to them before the season started. And I'm good with that because, you know what, the fantasy community is just at a community, and we are friends to all fantasy sites. It's, seriously, that's good enough for me. But DFS, we're going to give people at each position, except kicker, somebody we like, somebody we don't like, and then a bargain, just like last year. Sounds good. What position do you want to start with? Well, you know what? I know you hate them, but they're at the top of my list here on my note sheet, so let's start out at quarterback. Okay, that's fine. I'll start out with them, too. I'll let I'm you... going to stay away from Aaron Rodgers this week versus Seattle. His price tag at $7,000 on DraftKings and 8300 on FanDuel is very high. Seattle's defense was already very, very good. And now they added uh, Richardson to their defensive line. Uh, A-Rod just won't have the time to meet his value that you need to get from this week. Last year, Seattle allowed multiple passing touchdowns only four times all season. And to make matters worse, they allowed zero passing touchdowns six different times. Now, Rodgers is probably going to throw for a touchdown in this game. I'm not counting on him throwing for two. No, I wouldn't either. And that's... That's a strong one, but I'll be honest with you. I looked at the list that you sent, and I didn't have to go any further than the guy that was sitting at the top. One, I don't like quarterbacks, so I don't like expensive quarterbacks. Two, this guy just says no. Um, ben Roethlisberger, yes, he's got a toy back in Martavis Bryant, and it's Martavis, people, not Martavius. Um, but at 7,300, 8,200, yes, he's playing the Cleveland Browns. But caveat, he's on the road. And yes, he may have a good game, but man, those splits over the past few years are scary. They really are. Mm -hmm. So it, when I look at price, I look at location, I say, nah, I'll stay away from Ben. There's other options I like better. Yeah, I mean, this is the type of game, too. Again, it's Cleveland. Yes, Cleveland is a dog of a team. Yes, they're bad against opposing quarterbacks. But you do really have to look at those splits when, when it involves Ben Roethlisberger. I, I love him to death at home. I really have a hard time stomaching playing him on the road unless he's a bargain price and he is not this week. Nope, not at uh, all. They're, they're putting it 
they're, they're pricing him based on the opponent instead of based on what Ben is probably going to do in that environment. Yep. And I, trust me, he could go off for 350 and 5. That wouldn't shock me, but it's not something when you look at the numbers and you, you, you balance all that out and you say, eh, it's not worth the risk. So who do you when like? We talk about, when we talk about risk in daily fantasy too, uh, one thing that you almost always want to look for is a producing is a person producing is a person producing three times the number of points as their price in thousands. So, like I mentioned, Aaron Rodgers at seven thousand on DraftKings for him to produce value, that really means that he has to produce at least twenty-one DraftKings points. If he doesn't produce twenty-one DraftKings points, he's not going to be a successful play for you in a tournament environment. Okay, who do you like? Uh, you know, the guy I'm paying up to pay, paying up to play for is Jameis Winston at Miami. His price tag is 6,600 on DraftKings, 7,800 on FanDuel. Uh, all of Jameis's new weapons is just a bonus for him. Miami allowed three or more passing touchdowns in five of their last eight games last year, and their secondary hasn't gotten much better. They do have a very good front four, though. So I know Jameis has had issues with. Uh, with pressure getting to him, maybe making a mistake or two. So, again, you got to be a little concerned that he might throw a pick or a pick six here. But, again, based on the number of touchdowns they allowed last year, particularly in the second half of the season, I think Winston will definitely outproduce his current price tag. You know, the only thing I didn't like about him and the reason that he's not my play is that he's on the road. I tend to avoid quarterbacks that are on the road for some reason. Um, I went with Kirk Cousins. The Eagles, if they've got a weakness on their defense, and they do, it's still that secondary. <laughs> Adding Ronald Darby or not, it's it's still that secondary. So, And here's the thing. The run game in Washington doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me right now. So I do think that we're going to see Cousins throw the ball and throw it a lot. So at 6,400, 8,100, I do think that we can see that three times value um, at DraftKings from him. I, I will say this. I, he was actually my second choice there. Uh, the value play I'm going to advocate for strongly this week is Jared Goff versus Indianapolis. His price tag is 4800 on DraftKings, basically at the bottom of the tier, 6600 near the bottom on FanDuel as well. Only five teams allowed more passing yards last year than Indianapolis. Now they're without their top cornerback, Vontae Davis, and their starting free safety is also questionable this week. The injury to Davis leaves their top three cornerbacks as a former undrafted free agent, a rookie that likes to gamble and gets passed up a lot, and a cast-off from the Chargers, a guy who couldn't make a team that lost half their cornerbacks last season to injury. Well, so when I put my list together, I, if I'm stuck between a couple guys, I'll scribble a couple names down. I don't do it for all positions. Sometimes somebody just jumps out at me, and that's who I want. I scribbled two names down as my values, and Goff was one of them. I, I agree with you 110%. I think he's a solid play, but I'll go with a different guy as my bargain. And you're probably going to hear me say this guy's name over and over for the first three to four weeks before they adjust salaries. I love Brian Hoyer. I do. I, I'm glad you said because that was the other, again, the other guy I was considering there was Brian Hoyer. I mean, I, I don't just like him for DFS. I think he's going to be a solid, normal, Dale, normal, you know, season long quarterback, too. And his price at 5,164, I mean, he's priced less than Goff at FanDuel. Two other names to consider at this price point as well. Uh, Jay Cutler, whose price tag is still based on 
the Jay Cutler we're all used to seeing. And again, he makes a much better fantasy quarterback than real quarterback. Uh, he's got some weapons to work with there. And I also am willing to take a shot on Mike Glennon going up against Atlanta. Uh, again, they're probably going to be playing from behind in this game, which means lots of throwing. Glennon was pretty much a – he was kind of Alex Smith when he was with Tampa Bay. He, he wasn't going to turn the ball over a whole lot, but you never could count on him for more than two touchdowns. If he gives me two touchdowns at a league minimum price this week, I'm happy with that. You know, I looked at Cutler. I like him. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. The problem with me and Cutler this week is I don't know what to expect from that Tampa Bay defense. They've got a chance. It's really hard to tell now. Plus T.J. Ward. T.J. Ward's in there now. I mean, he <laughs> he's more like a hybrid linebacker type, but still, I, that defense has a chance to be really good. So that's why I, I just I thought Hoyer had a better matchup and is going to surprise. And I think you see a lot of Hoyer Garcon in this week's game, probably for the next few weeks, while they try to get the rest of the offense going too. That's correct. Okay, look, let's look at running back. Now, a little bit ago, you were talking a little bit about that uh, Kirk Cousins and how you weren't super, super running on, on the Washington running game. Well, I'm going to jump ahead to my value play, and that's Rob Kelly versus Philadelphia. His price tag on DraftKings is 4300 His price tag on FanDuel is 5800 Now, you know what? Philadelphia has a pretty good run defense. Only six times last year, did they allow more than 100 yards to an opposing backfield? However, two of those six times came against Washington. Washington's running backs even accounted for one-third of the running back rushing touchdowns that Philadelphia allowed last year. They allowed nine running back rushing touchdowns. Three of them went to Washington. Uh, one of them was to Rob Kelly in the second game. Uh, Kelly played just sparingly in the first game Matt Jones had a huge game 130 yards rushing plus a touchdown uh, as part of a game where Washington actually got 230 plus yards on the ground against that same Philadelphia team obviously their defense is a little bit different than then but it's still I I have a feeling that this game is going to be one where Washington is going to get to a lead and I think Kelly is going to be uh, asked and tasked with running the ball down their throats to end the game and it could end up being a pretty nice value at only 4300 on DraftKings. So here's the problem. What do we consider a value? I've got five running backs I wrote down for my strong play and then my value play. So I'm going to throw two out there, and I'm going to say I'm not going to make them my value play because I don't think that they're cheap enough. One is I love Jaquiz Rogers. I know that Miami's got a nice stout top, you know, front four, um, but he's going to be active in the passing game, and I think he's going to have a solid game. $4,900. And 6700 he's in that range where that's a value. Um, I also like Carlos Hyde, 4600 6800 But I'm going to go really cheap. 3800 4700 Wendell Smallwood, very well against that Washington team, could lead the Eagles in carries. Now, it's a complete crapshoot because you do not know what mix you're going to get with those running backs. But I just, if you're going to gamble and you want to go cheap, you're just trying to you know, push some higher dollars into your wide receiver or your top running backs, Smallwood's going to give you that ability. Well, I will say this. Based on his price tag, 3800 on DraftKings, I personally would feel much more comfortable spending that extra $100 for Darren Sproles. I can see that, especially if you think Washington's going to get out to a big league and Sproles is going to see a lot of third-down duty. I don't know. I'm telling you. 
Okay. I, I won't. Well, I, I wouldn't complain with either one of them. I think that Smallwood's going to surprise people, lead the team in carries, and could see the end zone once, maybe twice. Who are you paying up to pay play this week? Well, I'm down to two guys, and I don't think one of them's got a high enough tag to say I'm paying up for him. I love Todd Gurley this week um, against that Colts non-defense, um, but I'm going <laughs> to say I'm going to pay up for Murray. I think DeMarco Murray, 7,400, 7,600. Yeah, we can look at the top guys, you know, the Le'Veon Bells and David Johnsons. But I think Murray's a guy that I, I love the matchup, and I think he's going to still get fed the ball. They've got the best running attack in the league, and I don't think he can go wrong or get hurt with Murray this week. The guy I'm going to pay up for is LaShawn McCoy versus the Jets. The Jets just traded arguably their best defensive interior lineman to Seattle. And meanwhile... Buffalo just cut popular sleeper and goal line vulture Jonathan Williams, making absolutely no sense. Plus, there's a good chance that uh, a guy who likes to vulture some other of those touchdowns, Tyrod Taylor, he might miss this game due to injury. That's going to leave Nathan Peterman. Wasn't that the character on Seinfeld? He's going to start this game. And, you know, either way, if Peterman starts, if Taylor starts, the Bills are going to be forced to lean on McCoy. Uh, I, I think you're going to get David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell type numbers from McCoy for about a thousand less than either of those top two. See, in the quarterback positions, what I don't like about McCoy, I'm afraid that they could just stack the box and say, come on, what can you do, Nathan? You know what? I, I think the Jets could stack the box with their top four defensive <laughs> people, and yeah. we could run through them. That's, well, I don't know. That's possible. But yeah, I just I don't like how it's shaping up for him. And it is in Buffalo, so that's a positive thing. And I own McCoy, so I'm hoping he has a good week. But there, that's my concern. Peterman under center is my concern. Okay, so the guy I'm staying away from at his top price uh, is David Johnson going against Detroit. Now, a lot of people might say, well, Detroit, they suck, right? No, Detroit is actually really good against the run. They allowed the fewest total running back touchdowns last year. Eight all season. This including a lot, includes allowing a running back rushing touchdown in only four different games out of 16. Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott, was the only team to score more than one rushing touchdown against them. They also managed to hold opposing rushing backs to under 100 yards nine different times. David Johnson's price is just too high here. You know, I, I like to think that he could buck the trend, but I think if nothing else, he's going to be over-owned on name alone, yeah. and people are going to be expecting David Johnson numbers this week. And... He might get a touchdown. He might get 130 total yards. But is that enough to pay $9,400 for? Right. I'm with you on that. I love him, but I don't know that he, I, I don't think he's a play this week in DFS. And you're right. I think a ton of people will still be on him just because he's David Johnson, number one overall running back. Um, the guy that I'm staying away from is not all that expensive because I thought it was too easy to stay away from Johnson and Bell and McCoy or Zeke Elliott, you know. Um, Etc. I'm staying away from Darren McFadden. Mm -hmm. He's only $6,100 and $5,800. But here's the thing. He is not Ezekiel Elliott. If you own him in a season-long league, sure, plug him in. You, you drafted him to help while Zeke's not there. You don't have to do that in DFS. I don't care how good that Dallas line is. It's still, it's not the same. And I'm just, I think he's going to be overplayed, and I don't believe that he's going to do all that much this week. Well, who are you going to pay up for? I think we kind of skipped over that one. No, I said I was paying up for DeMarco Murray. That's right. Sorry about that. Okay. Sliding down to the wide receiver position. 
Now, this position I think we'll probably have the most uh, deviance between each other on. I'm going to stay away from another player in that very same game, and that's Des Bryant. His price tag is 7500 on DraftKings, 7800 on FanDuel. In his last three games against the Giants, Des has a total of seven catches for 66 yards. Total. Last year, he faced them twice. He had a total of two catches for 18 yards on 14 targets. The Giants' secondary is for real. Giants now, defense yes, is for real. Eli Apple is dinged up. But you know what? Dez is not usually going to be shadowed by Eli Apple. He's going to be shadowed by Janoris Jenkins. You know what? I wouldn't start any number one wide receiver against Jenkins this year. He's almost entered that rarefied air of guys like Patrick Peterson and um, Josh Norman in terms of guys I don't want to start my number ones against. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that call at all. But I'm shocked because I really thought that I knew who your stay away was going to be from something you said earlier in the show. Um, my stay away is Jordy Nelson. I, he's right there, too. I agree. I mean, do we need to say why? You, no, you know? he's, he's going to get a, a healthy dose of Richard Sherman there. Now, it should be known that last year uh, Jordy actually did okay against Sherman and uh, and the Seattle defense. So uh, I, I just don't like him as price tag. There's That's just too right. much risk there. I don't like the price. I don't like the risk, all that. Now, he's got one thing going for him. They're at home. But – I just, like you said, it's just risk. And I, I'm, I don't, why take the risk on if you don't need to? Well, and now, based on your recommendation earlier to not play a certain person, Ben Roethlisberger, you might be surprised that my pay-to-play wide receiver is Antonio Brown. The last two times that Antonio Brown faced a Cleveland team without Joe Hayden, he posted a combined 23 catches for 326 yards, three touchdowns on 31 total targets. Guess which team he's going to face without Joe Hayden this week? Uh, the Browns. Yeah, my wife. Uh, as like long, uh, it won't matter that it's a road game for Roethlisberger here in terms of Brown. Roethlisberger may throw for only one touchdown, but that touchdown is going to go to Brown. Yeah, uh, it's going to help him to have Bryant on the other side to keep the defenses honest. But I, I, I'm betting that Brown will still produce 130 yards this week and a score. Let me, let me ask you a question, though. Aren't you scared of Martavis stealing stuff from Brown? I mean, hey, he's, got a, he's, a, he's a talent. He's going to hurt his stats, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have a feeling that Brown will, if, if he gets less than seven targets in the first half, will be a little bit outspoken at halftime. Let's let's say this. That's one of those spots where Harley and I did not talk about this, and it would have been nice for him to know. I'm not going to do your work for you. I'm going to tell you, people, go look at the splits for Antonio Brown with and without Martavis Bryant in the lineup. He performs better with Bryant in the lineup because Martavis is taking a man off of him, and you can't double because of that. you got to you know, watch out for Martavis over the top. So it's a plus for Brown that he's back. Can you tell me who the second cornerback would be for Cleveland anyways? I'm not sure, but I think Hugh Jackson might be suiting up. <laughs> that That's just kind of, I mean, they trade away a guy who, albeit on the downside of his career, has been a perennial star at the position. 
Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, are they trying to compete with Buffalo and the Jets here for the number one pick again? No, I don't think so. I actually think Cleveland's going to surprise people this year. But I hope so. I'll tell you what. Here's my pay to play. And remember, normally I'd like to stay away from guys on the road, but not with this guy. This guy, for some reason, over his course, the course of his career, seems to perform much better on the road than he does at home. Now, he's quelled that a little bit at home over the past couple of years. But early in his career, there was a serious split differential where he performed a ton better on the road than he did at home. That's Julio Jones. I think that that Atlanta offense wants to come out and they want to just wipe the stink off from that Super Bowl loss. And I believe that you're going to see Julio get utilized a heck of a lot more in the red zone this year also. We know I I really want to be with you on that call. Uh, My only concern with Julio is it's still Julio – he still has foot issues intermittently forever, and the game is in Chicago. Now, anyone who's ever been to a game uh, in Chicago can attest the just awful state of the field there. Yeah. And, I mean, again, it doesn't Very matter true. what if it's the first game of the season or the last game after two and a half feet of snow. That field is absolutely rotten. And if there was ever a field where I'd be scared that something could happen to Julio Jones on it, it's that one. I I certainly agree. I think he's going to have a good game, though. And I'm not overly scared of playing him. I I just feel like there's a couple better options at that price point. Fair enough. Fair enough. So who is your value play? Well, you know what? I'm going to pick on the New York Jets again, and I'm going to go with Zay Jones. With Jordan Matthews still questionable uh, due to his chest injury, Zay Jones is really the most likely Buffalo wide receiver to get a chance to exploit that just pedestrian Jets defense. You know what? I I probably have more faith in Nathan Peterman than most people do, and uh, I even actually have him as like a deep, deep sleeper. I I might throw together a DraftKings lineup where I put him at my quarterback just to see what happens. Uh, against Jets if, if he happens to start over Taylor. But let's put it this way. I have more faith right now in Peterman than I do in Josh McClown. Okay. That you know well that's not hard to do. Um I'm I'm conflicted. I've got three guys. I've got bargains at I've two of them at fifty three hundred on DraftKings and then sixty six and sixty three hundred. And then I've got a guy that's basically free, thirty seven hundred and fifty one hundred. But I don't know that I want to put all my eggs in that basket as my bargain play. That's Torrey Smith, by the way. I think he's the guy that's going to wind up being the, the number two in Philly. It's not going to be Algalore. Um, I'm going to go with Devontae Parker. That's my, that's my value play this week. I think that you're going to see a lot of Cutler and Parker going on this year, and he's going to take that step forward. Yes, I'm buying the coaches speak. I'm buying the beat writers speak. I think Parker's in for a massive year, and I think it starts in week one. Well, you mentioned Parker at that price tag. On my ranking list, right below Parker is another guy that I know we're both high on this year, and that's Pierre Garçon. That was one of my three. That was the guy that's fifty three, sixty six, and more than likely, more than likely, I might have a Hoyer, Hyde, and Garçon stack this week. Just saying. I, I would not argue that. Uh, another guy who I'm considering on DraftKings alone based on price. I'm a little scared about his price tag on FanDuel. It's a little bit higher than I would like. And that's Rashard Matthews of Tennessee. 
Uh, I think that someone is going to get a fair amount of yardage and at least one touchdown in that Tennessee passing game this week. And uh, realistically, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Corey Davis this offseason, so we don't know exactly how much on the same page Davis and Mariota are yet. Uh, Eric Decker is still not 100% himself, so I, I kind of wonder how much of a factor he is going to be in this game. I, I think that in this game, at least, Mariota will look to the people he's most familiar with, and that's Matthews, along with Delaney Walker. Okay, that's, that's a nice one. I, I think there's a lot of malice to feed in Tennessee, but I can see what you're saying for week one, where let's go with what I know and trust. One, one last bargain play to consider, too. Uh, in the Indianapolis game, I know uh, I mentioned Jared Goff is going to be my value quarterback. I'm not opposed to doing the Jared Goff Cooper Cup combo platter this week for for a low budget price. If you want to have a shot at rostering, say both Lashawn McCoy and Le'Veon Bell, put those two in as your wide receiver three and your quarterback, and uh, let them pick on that Indianapolis secondary. There you go. So let's move on to tight end. This one I've got three guys. There, there's, there's no okay. I don't know what to do here. I picked a good guy, a bad guy, and a, and, and a bargain guy. So, who do you want to start with? Well, let's start with the uh, guy that I'm staying away from, and that's Jordan Reed at Philadelphia. Uh, his price tag's fifty nine hundred on DraftKings, which isn't too bad, and seventy one hundred on FanDuel. Uh, we really don't know truly how healthy he is. I mean, yes, he says he's healthy. Yes, he played a couple snaps, but this is Jordan Reed. How, how sure do you feel about that? He's the type of guy that could trip over his shoelaces coming through the entryway, and then we'll see a game of Vernon Davis. Now, Philadelphia allowed the second-fewest touchdowns to the tight end position last year, and only four times all season did they allow more than 33 yards to the position. No single tight end topped 58 yards against them either at all at any point last year. Uh, if you're going to pay up for a tight end, don't make it read this week. Okay. This is going to be the shortest DFS player analysis, whatever you want me to say, that I'll do this year. Are you ready? Go for it. Ditto. <laughs> Jordan Reed was the guy that I penciled right in. Just too many question marks about that toe and everything right now. Well, who are you going to pay up for? I'm paying up for a guy that's actually in that same game. I like Zach Ertz, and I think Ertz – I know we're talking DFS, but I think Ertz is also going to be, I think he's got the chance to be a top three to five tight end this year. I really do. Outside of Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's going to see a lot of love, and I think he'll see a lot of it earlier in the year until that chemistry builds with Alshon and some other players. But I love Ertz. I think they're going to be from behind, so I think they're going to have to throw the ball. And, you know, Washington's got issues at safety, and I think it's a perfect storm at $3,500. I mean, I could almost say that that's my bargain play. <laughs> I, you know, I agree, and that's one of the things that I do like to suggest to people, uh, particularly on DraftKings where you can roster a flex position player. A lot of players like to put a third running back in there, uh, particularly a cheaper running back. I almost like to put two tight ends in my lineup because, again, it's much easier with the low, low price of these tight ends to find that three times points potential out of that spot. Now, I agree totally with Ertz. Uh, one thing in particular that we didn't touch on there is that He's the one member of this passing attack that Carson Wentz has familiarity with from last year. Uh, him, him and Nelson Aguilar, who really didn't play much last year due to injury. So when you look at the fact that 
Philadelphia liked to pass the ball underneath a lot to their slot receiver. Well, that slot receiver was Jordan Matthews. He's gone. Those interior passes will likely go to Ertz this year on top of the targets he was already receiving. Yep. Nothing I don't like about him, quite honestly. So, uh, My pay-to-play pick this week, a little higher price tag, is Tyler Eifert versus Baltimore. Uh, he scored in both of his last two games against Baltimore. You know, uh, again, based on his price tag, I'm not likely to roster him in a lot of leagues because, again, I don't like paying up at the tight end position for the whole part. But you know what? I'd rather roster a couple of those cheaper guys like we talked about there. Maybe Ertz at 3500 might be the top of my spectrum for who I'm going to pay up for. But if you want to actually truly pay up for someone, I'd give Eifert a chance. You know, I did. I looked at Eifert. I like Eifert. I actually believe that that Baltimore defense is actually going to be pretty formidable this year. But mm-hmm. week one, I and this goes in Eifert's favor, week one, I'm not so sold on this Baltimore offense being able to click with Flacco having missed as much time as he did. And I don't think that's going to do their defense any favors. Because if a defense is on the field too much, then the third and fourth quarter is where you're going to see the, the dividends start to pay off. So I like Eifert, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see him score one, even two touchdowns. Well, I know we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, one of the guys I really like as a value play this week, uh, that was Charles Clay, based on, again, just the fact that Buffalo is going to have very few people that they feel comfortable throwing the ball to that have some familiarity there. So I'm not going to talk too much about him. I also like C.J. Fedorowicz. Uh, again, I think that Savage is going to be forced to throw the ball underneath a whole lot. But the player I'm going to choose is really a play that you have to look at the website uh, when you set your lineup to make sure his stats are going to count. Now, I say that because DraftKings has a habit of taking players who are traded in between when they set their rosters on there and when they basically go to game time and not allowing that person to accrue stats. So this being the first game of the season, DraftKings has had their rosters up for about three weeks now. This player may or may not get to accrue stats on there based on that trade. So look for that little banner at the top of the screen because they'll say whether or not he qualifies for stats. But if he does, it's Vance McDonald at Cleveland. His price tag is only 2800 on DraftKings, 4700 on FanDuel, where I'm not as concerned because I don't think they have a lot of issue with players not accruing stats based on trades. But you know what? He's a better receiving tight end than Jesse James, and he gets to face the team that allowed the most tight end touchdowns last year. So again, if he qualifies at 2800 uh, I would love to see McDonald uh, get a chance to play this week against Cleveland. Well, my value play is a little more money than that. He's $3,500 at Zach Ertz. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's a guy that's in a game that you already said you don't like because of where it's being played. But I like Austin Hooper. I don't think we're going to see him in that 3000 you know, the 3100 range for too long into this season. I think that he's a guy that also has some upside based on that number. Um, I like Evan Ingram a lot. He's even yes. cheaper. Um, so if, you know, gun the head... I've already said I want to put you know Julio in a lineup. I probably would actually go with Ingram against the Cowboys, even though it's on the road. You know, I, I like that call. I thought about Evan Ingram. I'm always a little concerned about the rookie tight end factor. How much is he actually going to be called upon? Certainly, uh, in, in their first game last year, Will Ty, in his first career start as the starting tight end, the Giants scored a touchdown. He also only had two catches. Um I think that their offense is deep enough now that 
that tight end position might not be as utilized as they could, particularly in the red zone with a guy like Brandon Marshall out there. But uh, you're talking about the Austin Hooper play. Again, his price tag is only going to go up from where it is. So I totally agree with that. In that very same game, however, another player to consider is on the Chicago side, Zach Miller. Yep. Okay. Well, there it is. Week one, DFS in the books. Now we got to hope it, everybody can cash. I was going to say, this is the point where everyone cashes this week. And what you want to do is take some of that money, put it aside. Take some of that money and roll it over into next week's games. And again, that's the key to building your bankroll. Don't put everything at risk every week. No all eggs in one basket. Exactly. Okay. Well, listen, it's been fun, but you know what's about to get even more fun? What's that? Vacation. I'm heading out for vacation. You know what? So am I. What are we thinking going on vacation during week one? I I know. This is going to be crazy. I mean, how, I, we're going to be getting all these like uh, questions via email, and we're going to be doing all of our radio call-in bits and whatnot. We're going to be doing these from the road. I mean, how, how does this happen? Wait, no. what, speak, who, who did we have to butter to get this happen? Speak for yourself, Donald, from the road. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do any of it. I'm actually going to the mountains, um, cabin at a lake that has no Wi-Fi, and from what I understand, a very poor cell signal. So I don't know just how unplugged I'm going to be. Well, you know, uh, hopefully the people that need to get a hold of you can. And, of course, you know what, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find us on Twitter? Yeah, Because that might be one way to get a hold of us if you can't get a hold of us via phone. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Because I'll be back for Sunday's game, so I will be monitoring my Twitter account. I know Harley will. So you want to make sure you're following Harley, at Nuclear Harley. Of course, you can follow me, at Steve Gallo NFL. And of course, do us a favor, if you're not already doing it, subscribe to us on iTunes. Rank us, rate us, review us, whatever else it is that you do. Um, help us to try and you know, make the show a little bit brighter and happier for when we look at all that kind of good stuff. But until then, get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.